God, we're asking you to have your way in this place today. Speak to us through your word and through your spirit. Prepare every heart, every mind, and every life for what you have for us today. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus, we give you honor today. We give you praise in this house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to let you be seated. I might have you stand in a few minutes when I jump into my text today. But we are kicking off a new series today entitled Long Story Short. Young girl sat in a kindergarten classroom drawing a picture one morning. And her teacher walked up and inquired of the little girl, what exactly are you drawing there? The girl said, I'm drawing God. And the teacher, kind of peeved, a little bit ticked off, said, no one knows what God looks like. And with an innocent, wit, childly confidence, the young girl responded, they will when I'm finished. I don't want to over-promise and under-deliver, but over the next probably 12 weeks or so, we're going to look at the story of God. Long story short. And through the lens of both Scripture and life, we'll journey from Genesis to Revelations. And I'm, I'm sure that you can reach back into your mind, to your childhood, and remember doing connect-the-dot drawings. Anybody remember connect-the-dots? At first glance, it's just a piece of paper with a a bunch of little dots on it that don't make any sense at all. But as you begin to connect them one by one, whether it be by, uh, by number or by color, whatever it is, you begin to connect them, the portrait is revealed. And there, there's a fancy theological term for something like that. It's called progressive revelation. That means what I know about God grows and continues to be changed and get different as I get to know him more. Somebody say amen. As I see him more, I learn more about him. And through his word, dot by dot, story by story, book by book, I believe that he is revealed. When we look at Genesis chapter 1, we see that God is powerful. It's evident in his power. But by the time you get to Revelations, there's over 400 names of God that all describe who he is. The Bible is an amazing book. I want to lay a little bit of a foundation here for the next couple weeks. This is an amazing book. I want you to understand that. This is not simply a rule book, but it tells the story of God. And throughout Scripture, we see God is revealed and we learn more about Him. His character, His attributes, what He likes, what He dislikes and hates. And we see who God is as we study Scripture. Forty authors, three continents, written in three languages over 15 centuries. Holy inspired, holy complete, and holy sufficient. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, it says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Not just the man of God as in the preacher or the pastor, but the man or woman of God as in someone in relationship with Jesus Christ. He gave this word to make you perfect. Hebrews chapter 4, verse numbers, uh, verses 12 and 13. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. 
We can stop right there. But it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and spirit, between the joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes. And He is the one to whom we are accountable. I want to tell you a little secret today. You don't just read the Bible. The Bible reads you. You don't just read this book, it reads you. Everything, we are accountable to God. Forty authors, farmers, fishermen, poets, prophets, kings, generals, written in caves and palaces and prison. It touches on hundreds of controversial topics. It's filled with history that can be historically verified. It's filled with science that can be scientifically verified. History, poetry, law, prophets, gospels, epistles, and an apocalyptic ending. It's a pretty powerful book. It's one of the best books that have ever been written. It doesn't get any better than that. And of all of those topics and all of those years and all of that history, if you read it from cover to cover, it would seem like it is one story written by one person. Why? Because there really is only one author, the Spirit of God. His Spirit inspired writers to write, but it also inspires readers to read. One rabbinical proverb says every scripture has seven faces and 6,000 meanings. That means that you'll never get to the bottom of this book. One scripture may mean something to you today and you might be going through, through something totally different tomorrow and it may have a completely different meaning. You're never going to get to the bottom of this book. And here's my plan over the coming weeks is we aren't just going to look at the Bible through a microscope, but we're going to zoom out and look at it almost through a telescope. We're going to do a flyover and, and you interpret Scripture with Scripture, right? So let me give you an example. If you don't understand the Old Testament Passover, then you're going to have a hard time understanding how Jesus is the sacrificial Passover lamb. So we interpret Scripture with Scripture. We've got to have context. A lot of people look at the Bible and they pick and choose the opportunity or they, they pick and choose like we can just choose what we want to do. And there's a lot of people who you'll say, man, I need a word from God. And you'll open your Bible just to any, any place and you'll put your finger there and you'll read that and that's my word from God. I heard a story of one guy who did that and turned to the, the story of Judas hanging himself. So he said, Lord, this can't be inspired. So he opened up his Bible again, put his finger down, and the scripture said, go and do thou likewise. <laughs> you got to be careful. It's inspired, but you got to have context. Pivotal events. They reveal God's plan, God's love, God's purpose for you and I. So can we get into this today? If you don't mind, stand with me for just a couple of moments. We're going to read Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Genesis 1, 1 through 5. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. <clears throat> And he called the light day, and he called the darkness night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. That's as far as we're going to get. And I'm, I'm thankful for day three, day six. I even like day seven. 
But we're going to start here today with day one. Amen? Amen, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and you can be seated today. I know that you can't feel it right now, but you are on the move. Literally. You may not be able to, you don't feel it today, but the earth is in full motion. The earth is spinning on its axis at about 1,000 miles per hour. It will make one complete revolution around the sun in the next 24 hours. It w- it's great big, uh, one revolution completely in the next 24 hours. It's like you're on a great big merry-go-round and you aren't even getting dizzy to understand it that way. It's not only that you're spinning, but you also, you're also flying through the universe in orbit around the sun at some 67,000 miles per hour. So even on days that you feel like you don't really accomplish anything, you ought to remind yourself just how far you traveled today. 1.3 million miles through space. And we lay down at night and say, I didn't really accomplish anything at all. We did. We traveled quite a far way. And I, I want to ask this question. When is the last time you stopped and thanked God for keeping us in orbit? I'm guessing the answer is never. I'm guessing you never even really thought about it. We, we already trust God for big miracles. Somebody say amen. We trust God for big miracles like keeping us in orbit and keeping us spinning on our axis and keeping us just far enough away from the sun that we don't die but close enough or we don't burn to death but close enough that we don't freeze to death. We don't think about those things. God, we trust God for the big miracles like keeping us in orbit but the reality is we need to start trusting Him for the little miracles and in under little miracles category would fall everything else in life. There are two things that I'd like for you to understand about God today. And if you're taking notes, you want to write these down because this is exactly what we're going to talk about today. The first one is that God is bigger than big. He is transcendent. He transcends all that we understand. God is bigger than big. But it's not just that God is bigger than big. Number two is God is closer than close. That's exactly what we see when we look at Genesis, the very first verse of Genesis. We see a transcendent God and an imminent God. Genesis 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning God created heaven and earth. Albert Einstein once said that science without religion is lame. And that religion without science is blind. And I I love science. Romans 1 tells us that since creation, God has revealed His nature through everything that He has made. Okay? So for the next few moments, uh, this is going to be kind of like a science class, if that's okay. Can Can I just break this down for you today? We are fearfully and wonderfully made as humans. In fact, if we were to take your DNA code and lay it out on paper, it would stretch from here to the moon and back 10,000 times. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So, and God said, let there be light. Verse 3, and there was light. In other words, here's what God is saying. Let there be electromagnetic radiation with varying waves traveling at over 186,000 miles per second. Let there be ultraviolet, infrared, gamma ray, x-ray, radio waves, and microwaves. Microwaves. 
He's saying, let there be photosynthesis, fiber optics, LASIK surgery, satellite communi- LASIK surgery, satellite communication. Let there be color. Let there be health. Let there be life. Why? Because light is the basis of everything that lives. With four words, God said, let there be light. And there was. And from that very moment, light has defeated darkness at a rate of 186,000 miles per second. But we miss something if all, that's all we get out of this. That scripture said, verse 3, put up verse 3, it's already up there. I want you to look at the first three words. And God said. The Hebrew word for said that we use in English is amar. The definition of amar is to boast or challenge. God challenged the darkness with his voice and said, darkness, let there be light and challenged it to its very face. Now here, I want to do something today. Let's conduct an experiment. Okay. Can we do this? I want everybody to close their eyes. Close your eyes. Now wouldn't it be crazy if while our eyes were closed, the rapture happened and Anne opens her eyes and we're all gone. Just kidding, that's not funny. That's not funny. She wouldn't be the only one here. Terry'd be here too. We've been waiting for that moment all morning. It's not funny though. (laughs) Because for some of you, it might actually happen one of these days. It's not funny. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I'm going to say some words. I'm going to say some words, and I want you to, I just want, as with your eyes closed, not even think about, but I, I just want to, I want you to, I guess, ponder what thoughts or what you see or what you feel when I say these words. Fear. Sure, for all of us, it looks very different. Doubt. Depression. Anxiety. Hatred. Guilt, shame, condemnation. Open your eyes for a moment. Do any of those words carry a connotation of light? Every single one of them in some way, shape, or form in our minds, in our hearts, in what we know, and what we feel represents dark. Those words are synonymous with darkness. And I don't doubt for one moment that there's individuals here today who proverbially might be in a dark place. If we could see your spirit, you're curled up in the fetal position just looking for light. I want you I want to remind you today as we start this and acknowledging God's word and his challenge to darkness that Micah the prophet Micah said, "Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Even in your dark place, even in your fear and your doubt and your anxiety, there is light that is there for you. If you will open up your spirit and receive it, there is no darkness that the light of God cannot challenge and conquer today. It is for you. That that light is for you. 
And God challenges the dark places in your life. This is why reading this word is so very important. When I say that you don't just read it, it reads you. It will call out the dark places in your life and put the words before you that will give you the ability to change. God is bigger than big. According to the Doppler effect, our universe is still expanding. On January 21st, 1925, Edwin Hubble spoke to the American Astronomical Society and proposes a theory based upon what he has seen looking through high-powered telescopes. His theory is that our galaxy is still expanding. It's growing. And he noticed this by measuring the distance between our galaxy and others. And over time, he realized that those galaxies were getting further away from us. The current estimate of our galaxy is it's 93 billion with a B, 93 billion light years across. And this all started with four words. Let there be light. And I submit to you today that those four words are still expanding. They're still operating. The light that God spoke in Genesis is still expanding across the Milky Way and the galaxies. And it's still growing and expanding. His word is still working. And when you understand that, you get a glimpse of Isaiah 55 and 11 where he speaks to the prophet and says, And so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not to return unto me void, but it shall accomplish. Everybody say accomplish. That which I please and it shall prosper in the thing thereto I sent it. God said, let there be light. And from that very moment, light has not ceased to go forth. It is still expanding. It is still growing. It is still operating. That's how powerful God's word is. With four words. Still operating. Still performing his work. If God can do that with four words. Can I ask you today. What exactly are you worried about? I'm not downplaying your struggle today. I'm not downplaying the fact that you might have had a a tumultuous week and there might be real problems, not in the least. But if God can do that with four words, dare I say, that I want you to, it continues. If He can handle that, he He can handle your problems, your bills, your health, your struggles, your trials. If His words are still in action, He can handle your problems today. We read, put verse 3 up there. We read, and God said, and we think words. Phonics, words coming out of our mouth. Because that's what we use to speak. We use words. God uses His voice to create. God uses His voice to heal. God uses His voice to to convict and to liberate. God is bigger than big. But it's not just, God is not just so great because He is so big. God is so great because even in His bigness, in His enormity, He doesn't miss anything. Nothing is too small for our God. Watch this. Psalms 36. I'm going to read verses 5 and 6. I'm going to read it in the message version. God's love is meteoric. His loyalty, astronomic. His purpose, Titanic, his verdicts oceanic, yet in his largeness nothing gets 
lost. As big as God is, I want you to know today that his ear has not fallen deaf to your prayers and your cries. That his hand has not fallen weak or short so that he cannot reach you right where you are. He is not too de- he is not deaf. He is not too weak. God is bigger than big for you today. He is bigger than your biggest problem, your biggest worry, your biggest fear, your greatest anxiety. God is bigger than big. If God is bigger than big, what we have to understand is that we cannot put dimensional restrictions upon God. If God is bigger than big, we have to understand that He is also closer than close. He is outside of time, omnipresent. He is outside of our understanding of power, omnipotent. He is outside of our grasp of knowledge. He is omniscient. We, When we can find God, hear me today, this is very, very important. When we can find God to our earthly or worldly dimensions, instead of us being created in God's image, we create God in our image. He is so much bigger than we can understand. Bigger can be very intimidating. We understand he's bigger than big, but I also want you to understand today that he is closer than close. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. We see a revelation of who God is here. He is a spirit and that same spirit that hovered upon the waters and hovered on on the waters and the void that was there fills us. That's the Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. It convicts us. It corrects us at times. It leads us. It guides us. We we are told to walk in the Spirit, right? Walk in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The same Spirit that was hovering over the waters and the deep is the same Spirit that God fills us with when He fills us with His Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer said it like this, God is above, but He is not pushed up. He is beneath, but he is not pressed down. He is outside, but he is not excluded. He is inside, but he is not confined. He is above all things presiding. He is beneath all things sustaining. Outside all things embracing. And inside all things filling. That is the very eminence of God. He is God with us. God with us us with us the friend that sticketh what closer than a brother closer than a brother God with us closer than a brother I want you to understand this today hear me that he is hovering just as the spirit of God hovered up over the face of the deep and the deep waters and the darkness I want you to know that God is hovering over the chaos in your life the same way he hovered over the surface of the deep he is hovering over the turmoil of your life he is the God who wants to bring order out of chaos. He said, let there be light, and there was. And in that instant, the Bible says, the morning was the first day, the day and the night were the first day. He brought order to it. He said, light, you have a purpose. I'm going to make you the day. 
And night, there's a reason for you because I'm about to do something here. I'm going to create animals. I'm going to create people, and, and they're going to need to rest. And so I, I'm going to put this all in order so that during the day, they're, they're working and they're living and they're, they're going about their life. But at night, there's going to be a time to rest. I'm going to bring order out of chaos. In all his creative power, creating the universe, the plant life, the animal life, the human life, he wants to bring chaos, he wants to bring order out of the chaos of your life today. He will bring beauty to the dark places, the void places of your life. And this is why Acts 17 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. We are always surrounded by him today. He is closer than close. I'm almost done here today. Let's go to John. I'm going to read John chapter 1. When we understand that he is closer than close. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He goes on to tell us that all things were created by Him. Who's Him? Jesus. All things were created by Him. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shined in what? In darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. God spoke the words, let there be light. And darkness fled. God spoke the words, let there be light. And darkness tucked its tail and ran. Now watch this. Rabbinical proverb, rabbinical belief is that the name of Yahweh was too powerful to ever be said because they didn't want to pronounce, mispronounce the word and misrepresent God in His name. But a lot of rabbis believe that if you take out the vows, Y-H-W-H would be pronounced in the same way that it sounds, this is, this is the sound that they believe that it sounds like. They believe that those that word without the vowels sounds like someone respirating, breathing. So the very first word that you said and the very last word that you will ever say on earth is the name of God. That's why he said when there's two or three gathered in my name, all we got to do is be breathing. If I can just breathe, he is that close. Your God is closer than close. Stand with me this morning. Your God is closer than close. If all you can do is breathe, you can get a hold of God. He's right there where you are. Yeah, he's bigger than big, but he is closer than close. I don't know if you, you can stand with me this morning. I don't know if you know this or not. 37 years ago today, I took my first breath. I took, I said the name of God for the very first time. Yeah, I think it's so, it's fantastic. Rabbis, you, you, you would get stoned for misrepresenting God's name. You'd get killed 
And I don't know if God knew what he was doing when he said, look, they're going to revere my name so much they won't even say it. So I'm just going to. I'm going to make it a daily sound. You know you breathe over 23,000 times a day? 23,040 times a day for a normal adult. You breathe the name of God 23,040 times a day. <sighs> He's closer than close. The chaos in your life. It's not as bad as you think it is. It might be tumultuous. It might be, there might be pain. There might be trouble. But I want you to understand that the God who hovered over the face of the earth is hovering in this place right now. He's hovering over your chaos. He's hovering over your pain. He's hovering over your trials, your sadness, your addiction, your trouble. He's here for you today. And if all you can do is breathe, His name. I want you to lift your hands right now. I thank you, Lord, that you are bigger than big. I thank you, Lord, that you're closer than close. Thank you, Lord, that in my darkness you will be my light. Oh, Jesus, you're hovering over the chaos of our lives today. You're hovering over the turmoil of our hearts today. You're hovering right now. I think it's fitting that the name of God and the way it's pronounced might actually be a breath because the Bible says that He drew man in the dust of the earth and then breathed His first breath into Him. He put His name on us from the moment that he created man, he said, I'm going to put my name on my creation. I'm going to put my name on my people. I'm going to put my name on that which I love. Footnote to the creation story, I don't see anywhere that he breathed into any animal. I don't see anywhere that he took a, a, the fowl that he spoke into the air and breathed unto their lungs. But he drew man in the dust of the earth and breathed into him the very breath of life and put his name in you and on you in that very moment. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. I'm going to ask you to be a little bit bold with me today. If you've got chaos, if you've got darkness, if you've got something in your life where you really need God to intervene, I'm going to ask you to make your way to this altar. You might have prayed for this thing a thousand times. I'm going to ask you to make your way to this altar. We're going to pray one more time. We're going to call upon the name that is above every name. Come on, get up here close today. We're going to get up here close. You might have prayed for your healing a thousand times. We're going to pray one more time. You might have been praying that God would deliver you. We're going to pray one more time. And the God that hovered over the chaos of the, of the earth and brought order to it, I believe is about to bring order to somebody's heart and to somebody's life today. Come on, if you want prayer, I want you to get real close. I need you to step up because there's a lot of people here. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Allen from The Lighthouse. Thank you for streaming our service. We hope it was a great blessing to you. If you'd like to find out more about our church or connect with us, you can find us at fredericlighthouse.org or on Instagram and Facebook at Frederick Lighthouse. Thank you so much. God bless you. 